Howdy, folks. This is professional rodeo announcer Joe Coulter, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Slave the Cowboy. But before we get started, I want to ask you one question. What is a cowboy? Well, a cowboy is about character, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And you know when you scratch all that into the dirt, you're going to spell out the word Christ. And that, in its simplest form, is what being a true cowboy is all about. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride for the Lord. And may God save the cowboy. All you needed to know to know and observe in yourself is this. Whenever you feel superior or inferior to anyone, that's the ego talking in you. Ego is the part of us that thinks that we are God. And that part thrives in every one of us. Ego is the part of us that says we are God. Ego says I am the origination of truth. If I don't think that something's right, then it must be wrong, and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I know what is right and wrong. The origination of right and wrong begins and ends with the way I think about it. If you don't think that's the truth, then why do you argue with people? You think this way, they think this way, it develops into an argument, and if you think that you are so right and you're willing, and, and we're not talking about biblical, we're just talking about, look at the Republicans and Democrats. Think about that for a second. You know what? If, they, if both sides would just look to God, this country would be a lot better off. Ego says, I am the origination of truth. I know what's right and wrong. Ego says, my way is the correct way. I was talking to a cowboy this morning. It reminds me so much of the ranch manager at the Rocker B. It's not even funny. I kind of stare at him sometime, and I think he thinks I'm kind of funny or something. But uh, he does. He looks just like Rusty Culp. Anyway, I was talking to him this morning, and he said this guy lost a bunch of his cattle up in Oregon, and he came down here to buy them, and they got together, and they... Uh, they got about 150 cows up, and they pushed them into the pens, and he was raised where he, uh, you know, they don't get off their horse whenever it comes to pen work, you know. Why, you know? It's a lot easier horseback. And so they got all the cattle pushed up in there, and a couple of guys jumped off their horse, and they went to beating on these cattle with sticks and stuff like that. And him and a few other guys rode in there because, you know, there's no point. And everything, and those cowboys looked at him, up at him and said, what are you doing up in that horse? You scared of cattle or what? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what ego would have done in that situation. Ego would have been staying on your horse, taking that stick and beating him with it. I don't know what would have... I don't know how it ended. I love it whenever they don't finish the story. They just kind of walk off and they don't tell you what actually happened. But And, and that's what ego does. Ego says, my way is the correct way, my way is the only way, and anybody that does something different than the way I do it is an idiot. Ego says, I am God. The truth originates in what I, the view that I have. Ego says, my way is the correct way. And ego says, I know the difference between right and wrong living. If you do it, then it's okay. How many times do we do that? We're living a certain way, and dadgummit, we know that it's not right, 
We know that we shouldn't be doing that. But you know what? It's okay because if I'm doing it, it's okay. But the first time somebody else does something that you don't agree with, oh, heavens to Betsy, they shouldn't be doing that right there. Da -da 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 -da. It happens all the time. Jesus even talked about it when he said, get the speck out of your own, or get the log out of your own eye before you worry about the speck in your, in your friends or your whatever it says. You know what I mean. If you don't like it, then it is wrong, and everyone who does that is wrong. I know the difference between right and wrong. I decide what is right and what is wrong. I decide what is truth. I decide what is the correct way. That's what ego says. Ego is your internal thingamajig. I nearly said a bad word in Spanish that we used to use a lot of times. Sorry about that. <laughs> it ends in letta. Uh, few people knew what I was talking about. Uh, it's that thing inside you that says, you can be like God. And isn't that the very thing that the devil tempted Eve with in the garden? Surely you will be like God. To know the difference between right and wrong. Surely he didn't say that you couldn't eat that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because the reason He told you not to eat it is because you will become like Him. That's where sin came from. Ego. Ego. Ego says, I am the way, the truth, and right and wrong living. But that's not what the Bible says in John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through the Son. Ego tries to be Jesus. It tries, and more often than not, succeeds in making us think that I know the correct way. I am the origination of truth. I am the decision maker between right and wrong living. Ego is the part of pride that latches onto bitterness and unforgiveness and won't let go. Pride is a deadly thing. The Bible says so. We've all got that little bit of pride in us. We've all got the bitterness, something that we need to let go. We've all got that ego that thinks that we've got things figured out and everybody else is an idiot. We've all thought that way before. There was a story, a true story, at Christmas time, I'm going to have to figure out how to word this so my family doesn't know I'm talking about them. I don't care. So at Christmas time at, 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 my, at one of my parental unit's families, um, whenever it comes time to pass out the presents, the presents are all underneath the tree, and the little kiddos get to go, and they get to practice their reading skills, and they get to see who it's from, and most of the time it's a way to get to know family that they don't know exists. That's Aunt Becky. Take it over there to her. Who's Aunt Becky? That one over there. So anyway, that's what's happening at this house on Christmas, and, and my Festus is, is there, and she picks up this present that says to Grana. That's what we call my grandmother, Grana. It says to Grana. And Festus is this little bitty blonde girl, just as cute as she can be. 
and she's walking with this present, and oops, the present falls. And the origination of that present threw a wall-eyed fit. And everybody's like, ah, I'm sure it's okay, I'm sure it's okay. And so my grandmother gets this, and she opens it up, and it's one of those kind of, like a mantle clock. You know what I mean? It kind of starts off like this and kind of goes in a hump like a camel or something. It's got the face right there. And it has these little chimes in it that ding on the hour and everything like that. And anyway, the guy that bought it for is so plumb messed up about, about Festus dropping this clock that he gets it and he gets everything in there and it doesn't work. And this guy goes to Malvin. He mouthed so bad that my brother took his family home. Left Christmas because this guy was just, I don't see why we have to do this stupid. Now, he's not part of our family. He's married to part of our family. Anybody else got an in-law like that you just want to beat the snot out of? We're not bitter or anything. It's just the truth. This is going bad. I'm going to shut up. Not really. But anyway, he's just going on and on and on and on and on and on about this clock. And rin, rin, rin. my brother finally gets tired of it. And before a Christmas meal, he's like, let's go. I'm tired of it. It's either leave or beat the snot out of him. And he's like 99 years old and can't beat the snot out. Well, we could, but might not look good on Christmas. So he leaves. And so this guy's in there at the kitchen table and he's a jacking with his clock and he's a ram, 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 ram. And my dad finally goes in there because he's had about enough of it, and I think he's fixing to hit him with a horseshoe or something. Anyway, dad looks down like that, and he reaches in and he takes the AA battery out of the back and he turns it around and sticks it back in and the clock starts working. He said, she dropped it so hard she turned the battery around. Pride has a bodyguard. We talked about bitterness. We talked... What was the second one? We talked about ego. Pride. A form of pride is bitterness. A form of pride is ego. But pride has a bodyguard. And this bodyguard is like the Terminator. I'll be back. It's mindless yet highly effective. Pride has a bodyguard that is quicker than lightning strike and a hundred times more dangerous. Pride has a bodyguard that is sneakier than a coyote and scarier than an apollosuma. It is the third and final beetle that crawls in your bed and it is called this. Denial. In Greek mythology, the worst kind of pride is a hero that denies himself. As a matter of fact, and, and that's Greek mythology, but I'm, the only reason I say it, it's all hogwash, but even they thought that way however many thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago or whenever that happened. Dante's Inferno, part of the trilogy of the Divine Comedy, one of the most famous and longest uh, poems ever written by Dante Alighieri or something like that. Anyway, he wrote uh, the Inferno, Inferno which, which was basically about the like seven layers of hell. I mean, there's no real biblical basis to it. It's a poem, it's a story. But the not, or maybe it was ten levels of hell or something. But anyway, the bottom layer, the worst of the worst. You know who it was reserved for? Pride. More specifically, those that denied that they had. 
Christ. Denial. Denial tells us that we don't have to obey the rules. Denial says, Jesus commanded us not to worry, but I can do it anyway because the rule that rule doesn't apply to me. What He commanded there doesn't apply to me. Denial, Jesus told us not to complain, but we do it anyways. That's denial. Thinking that everything might apply to everybody else, but that rule, that command, that way of living doesn't apply to me. Jesus told us not to be bitter or unforgiving. Jesus told us not to have an ego, but we strut around daring anyone to challenge ours. By gosh, I'm not going to let anybody talk to me like that. I'm a man. No, you're not. You're trying to convince yourself of that. Jesus was a real man. He turned the other cheek. He didn't cower. There's a difference. Big difference. He was meek. You know what meek is? Meek does not mean weak. Meek means strength under control. An unbroke horse. When we break the horse, we don't do it to break their spirit. We, we instill in them a meek. We take all that raw power and we put it to a good use. That is what meek is. For you younger generations, Spider-Man. Remember when, when Uncle Ted or whatever that fellow's name was said, you know, the greatest responsibility, you know, is not to... You can do it, but should you do it? Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. The whole Bible marks the good paths and the ones to avoid. That's what the Bible is. It just lays out the what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And the what we shouldn't do isn't because God arbitrarily, like a bingo game, went, let's see this. Oh, don't talk dirty. Don't talk, write that down. Write that down. Don't talk dirty. Yeah, what's this one? Oh, thou shalt not cheat on your wife. Who's got thou shalt not cheat on their wife? It's not a bingo game. Sin is when we do something the Bible tells us not to do. Not because God made up a bunch of rules, but because in some way that thought or action isn't about love. It's self-destruction. We had a horse named Clementine that cut her foot real bad, I mean to the point that we had to take her to the vet and she got a cast put on it and everything like that. But the cast was on the foot, and it was supposed to be there to protect her. We were trying to take care of her, and she would stand in the pen and paw with that foot and break it open and bleed. Self-destruction. And that's what we do. That's what sin is. God said, don't do this right here. Not because I don't want you to have fun. Not because I don't want you to enjoy life. Because it's self-destructing. Here are the things that are good. Go here. Don't go here. This is self-destruction. This is good. Sin is just a short word for self-destruction. Whenever they did Riley's surgery last week, they gave her what's called a nerve block. They stick a big old needle up there, which I find humorous. They're going to deaden you by sticking a needle this big in you. Makes no sense to me. Knock me out. Give me some laughing gas. Do something. Then stick the big needle in me. But they stick this big needle in there on a nerve and they put some sort of alcohol or something on the nerve so that you can't feel your foot while they do the surgery on it. Now they go ahead and knock you out. But denial is the nerve block that keeps us from feeling the pain of the self-destruction, but it doesn't keep the damage from happening. Pain is real. 
there's a reason why God developed pain so that our idiot selves wouldn't grab the hot branding iron by the wrong end and carry it around and ruin our hands. But, but denial is a nerve block that keeps us from feeling the pain of sin, but it does not keep the damage from happening. That's why when we sin and nothing happens, we think, oh, that must not have been that big a sin because nothing happened. I can just keep on doing that, keep on doing that, keep on doing that. But what you don't know is you've got your hand on a hot stove and you're just sitting there frying it. Sometimes that can be healed. Sometimes it cannot. Folks, sin is real. And the denial of sin, thinking that you can just continue, that we can all continue to live our lives just like we've been doing. And that stuff that Kevin talks about and that stuff that the Bible talks about really applies to everybody but me. That would be a good way, but you know what? Denial comes in three forms. It comes in the form of excuses. What has God been talking to you about changing in your life or starting or doing different that you've made 19,000 excuses of why you shouldn't do that? What about justification of why it's okay not to do what God told you to do? Well, you know, God will understand that I'm going to keep doing this because blah, 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 blah. Denial will attempt to justify wrongdoing. And denial will come in the form of procrastination. You can do what... You know what? As soon as... And then you fill in the blank. It's kind of like a mad libs. As soon as this specific instance happens, then I'm going to start doing what God tells me to do. When I get these bills paid off, God's been talking to me about tithing. When I get these bills paid off, then I'm going to start tithing. Or I'm going to start reading my, you know, Monday morning when I wake up, Monday morning I'm going to set my alarm for 30 minutes earlier and I'm going to read my Bible every morning. And then Monday morning, well, you hit that snooze, I'll start that tomorrow. You know what? The devil will procrastinate you all the way to hell. Because the only way to get there is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do not put that thing off. There's only one way into heaven and that's Jesus Christ. And there's only one way to hell is if you don't know him. Listen, sin should break your ever-loving heart. Sin should break your heart. But don't mistake forgiveness of sin for the denial of it. Because, see, that's what a lot of us are doing. We think that we can continue to live in sin because God forgives us of it. Well, He does, but that's not the same as denying that it's killing you. Don't mistake forgiveness of sin for the denial of it. Three beetles in your bed. And bed was an acronym for the third ammunition that the devil uses against you. Bitterness, ego, and denial. You want to sweep them out? Maybe you're just waking up realizing that all of this was in your bed. Let me tell you how to sweep it out of there and get rid of it once and for all. Number one, follow Jesus. I didn't say get in front of Him. I didn't say just make some mouthy statement about, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm going to put a Jesus fish in the bumper of my car and that's going to send me to heaven. No, seriously, follow Jesus. Number two, be intentional in your following. Be intentional in your following. And what do I mean by that? Love your God and love your neighbors. You can 
you know what? You can forget about most of the rest of that stuff, and if you'd just do those two things, you'd be so dadgum happy none of us could stand to be around you. He's always happy, and nothing ever bothers him. Put a beetle in his boot. Follow Jesus. Be intentional in your following. And number three, let go of foolish pride. Because I guarantee you, pride comes before destruction. Pride is the pavement that leads to destruction. Let go of it. What was that thing that I that came to mind when I asked you that earlier? What do you need to let go? That's God talking to you right there, people. Do you have the guts to do it? Are you meek enough? Do you control yourself or does ego control you? Pride attempts to make you into something that you're not. Nobody's going to talk to me like that. I ain't going to let nobody run all over me or whatever, whatever, whatever. Pride attempts to make you into something that you're not, but here's the best news you'll hear all day. Jesus can make you into something that you never thought you could be. Let's bow our heads. With every eye closed and every head bowed, this is between you and Jesus right now. This is between you and God, nobody else. Nobody's looking around. If you want to let that thing go today, raise your hand. Give it to Him right now. You can put your hands down. That's between you and God. Not you and me or anything like that. Give it to Him right now. Be the person that Jesus wants you to be. And don't fall for the lie that pride is trying to make you into. Be meek. Be intentional in following Jesus. Love God. and Love others. And let go of that foolish pride. God, we give it to you right now. Whether you're sitting here with us today or you're listening on the radio or watching on the internet, God, we feel your power today and we give you all the glory. We follow you right now. God, some of us have come to a dead stop in our following of you, but we're going to step forward in faith right now. From this day on, we're going to be intentional. No more procrastinating, no more excuses, no more justification of sin. But God, we're going to need your help because we're sorry and we can't do it on our own, but your word says that you will be with us forever. You'll never leave us nor forsake us, and for that we thank you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Hey, before you shut that knob off, let me tell you something. If you like today's program, we can all give a great big thank you to Western LLC. They're a turnkey development for oil and gas and aviation industries. You can get on the internet and visit them at westernllc.com. Also, Jim and Kelly Gerald at Integrity Auto Repair and Rod Denning at Tumbleweed Hay and Hauling. All of them out of Kiowa, Colorado. You ought to know by now that I ain't going to jerk your leg. <laughs> okay, maybe every once in a while, but this one ain't no story. This here's the truth. We need your help to stay on the air and keep this gospel being spread to cowboys and cowgirls like you. It ain't easy to ask, I promise you. We'll even tell all your friends that are listening that it's you that are bringing it to them. Help us out by going to SaveTheCowboy.com and contacting me. Call me and let's get this thing set up. Don't leave it to somebody else.